I love scotch. 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 Yep. Have another whiskey. If you'd like to speak to me in person, press one. If you'd like to order drugs, press hash. <laughs> I had a gentleman in the crowd that was like, tell me how to drink Glenfiddich. And I was like, I will not do that. You drink Glenfiddich how you want to drink Glenfiddich. Wear a cowboy hat in Los Angeles and look at the amount of looks you get. Yeah, it's unbelievable. This is the most flamboyant city on earth. You wear a cowboy hat. People look at you like you are yep. like an alien. The Beatles came on and they might pick me up on his shoulder. George Harrison is as close to me as that yep. wall now. I went, all right, George, all right. And he went, cough. <laughs> and that was the closest <laughs> I ever came to the Beatles. <laughs> have a whiskey while we... Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, long. Cheers. Welcome back to United States of Dramerica, the third social distancing episode. And I'm <laughs> delighted to have on the other end of the Zoom, the wonderfully talented actress and quarantine singer, Serena Fiello. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so glad that that is now added to my resume. Um, I've made a name for myself, I guess. <laughs> 19 quarantunes, I'm calling them. Is that the official title of your series? I mean, I kind of came up with it today just because I was saying like pandemic parody songs and I was like, that seems insensitive. That's not at all what I'm trying to do because really it all started with the first day of quarantine where I was just doing like stories of, of little snippets of songs and then people were like, oh my God, you have to do these full songs. So then I started doing like two a day just because they were just coming to me, like staying home and being quarantined and all these things. and. I was like, oh, I wish I could be this inspired, not in a quarantine. Um, <laughs> but then I was like, maybe I need to slow it down to one a day. And then I decided to end it at 19 for now. Oh, you ended it. I ended it just for now because, you know, who knows how long we're going to be quarantined. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you I'm know, we're going to end up with 60 songs. I I, would, I, I probably should have started with, it's a terrible opening question in a normal podcast, but mm. at the moment, it's just got a question you should ask people, which is, how are you getting on? How am I getting on? Well, you know, it's a lot of ups and downs. I feel like some days I wake up and I take a shower and I put on real clothes and I try to do some work, work that could be done with or without a quarantine. And then other days I wake up, I don't brush my teeth till like 4 p.m. and I stay in my pajamas because I'm sad and I'm thinking about the state of the world and the fact that I have been quarantined but I have been taking walks and now we're supposed to be wearing masks. And so I'm like, oh, have I exposed myself for the last two and a half weeks, three weeks, whatever. So then you start spiraling. So <laughs> it's an up and down situation. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is normally a sort of fun, hilarious podcast where we drink whiskey and make jokes, but there has been elements of the last couple of episodes where we haven't. It's, it's difficult. And I, um, I realized the other day, I'm surprised my wife hadn't actually pointed it out to me, but I think I'd gone three days without a shower, which is one oh. of the things you're not meant to do. Um, no. And I've also, uh, and this is a, a difficult admission for somebody who talks a lot about drinking whiskey, I had to stop drinking for a week because... Um, you get real dark. Oh, yeah. Go yeah. real cool with that. I had a funny week where I sort of started drinking earlier and more. And then one evening I had half a bottle of bourbon and then yeah. and it wasn't because it was bourbon, but it was half a bottle. And so mm -hmm. I had a week off 
um, because these are not normal times. Hey, they're not normal times, you know, you can fall into a bad pattern. And I feel like we have to allow ourselves that this right now, you know, if we want to just watch Tiger King in one day, you should be allowed to do that. Have you done that? Not in one day. I watched it over maybe three. But yes, there have been days where I'm just not inspired and I can't do anything. And, you know, for somebody like me who you're either on set or I'm writing something. And if everyone's busy right now trying to figure out their lives, you can't really write if you're feeling super, super down. And I'm not on set and I'm not auditioning. So what am I doing? So that's what that's what kind of inspired the quarantine songs. Because I was like, well... I'm putting something into my day and I started noticing that people were responding very positively and that I, I, they're like, oh, this is the brightest spot of my day. And I was like, what? How is that even possible? But amazing. And if I make one person smile, I did my job. So that's why I started doing it. Yeah. So it's interesting. So obviously there is a lot going on at the moment in terms of obviously terrible things in the world, but there's some incredible stories of humanity. Some yes. of them sort of huge things in terms of you know, manufacturing companies making ventilators, people donating. I think it started with the NBA players giving their salaries to uh, oh, workers in the stadia, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But in terms of creativity, and obviously we live in LA, so there's more of that. And they're also in the way that social media works. You know, it's a bit of an echo chamber, but we're seeing creative people doing some really cool things. Definitely. And, you know, you and I've We've talked about you coming on the podcast on and off for, uh, I think, about 18 months. And I was <laughs> waiting for the right moment to get, you know, you and our mutual friend, Natalie, into a room so we could drink whiskey together. Yes, that has to happen eventually. And it, when life eventually turns to normal, we will. But, you know, she's been reading stories for kids. Yes, yeah. Another the mutual prince. friend who's been doing puzzling, uh, live yep. puzzles. Um, actually, David, somebody who I'm hoping to get on the podcast at some stage as well. David Kong, yeah, he's he's amazing. He's a friend also, and he is so smart and so cool. And man, the three of us, I wish we were all quarantined together. We could <laughs> fun things. <laughs> no, so you're yeah, you've you're in a in a girls cover band called The Girls. Yes. Uh I, I for a while was in a we called it a cover band because we started just doing covers, but then we actually ended up doing some original songs. Um that was with uh, fellow actresses, Alison Brie and Juliana Gwill. And uh, we were backed by this incredible sort of bluegrass band um, called Joan Street Station. And we started doing this, gosh, I don't even know. It's been so many years now, but we would go to New York and we'd play at a few places there. And that was probably the best time of my life. We had so much fun, but then, you know, careers go in different ways and there are kids involved now. And, and so, it's tough to get us together, but, um, but yeah, that was just like a fun thing because we had done this show together, this web series many years ago, which is how we became friends. And we were every day in the same room for a year. We wore the same outfits because it was like this, I don't know, it was this like weird breakfast club kind of thing. And so we got so used to seeing each other. We were like, how do we see each other again every day? And so then we started this band. Um, but yeah, I I actually I'm I'm self-taught with guitar. I wish I was better. I wish I had actually had proper lessons, but I kind of just, you know, looked up stuff on guitar, what is it called? Ultimate guitar. And then I just, you know, knew a few chords and then just kind of like taught myself. And actually it's been so nice because 
I've learned a lot more having done this every day. Like this was actually something I wanted to implement into my schedule, you know, doing music every day or playing the guitar for at least five minutes. And you know, you never find the time. It's like wanting to meditate or work out, but now I actually have the time. So that's what I've been doing. And it's been great because, you know, because, you know, we follow, I follow you on social media. I've seen you, you did the song and then you did another one and then you've been doing them and then you've had the original artist of one of your, at least one of your songs retweeting. That was rather fun. That was probably one of the greatest moments of my life because I grew up in the nineties, you know, well, nineties was really what shaped my, my music love and um, Gavin Rossdale saw my cover of glycerine and he retweeted it <laughs> and um so yeah so that was so wonderful and then lisa loeb did as well for stay so like you know this quarantine is all, all everything else aside just being stuck at home has actually been kind of creatively inspiring for me and have you because this isn't you know i think what a lot of what's going on it's not sort of self-promotion in terms of trying to build careers this is about doing no. something light and fun to cheer people up and have you had good responses to your to your music oh yeah absolutely i i i just decided after doing 19 that i wanted to do a challenge because i started getting requests and i was like well you know i am maybe making somebody smile for a minute and a half to two minutes in the day but what if i could create something where i could make sure that they have something to do as well and that they're being creative and we're sort of doing it together. So I just um, posted something the other day about this challenge that I'm doing, which is for people to send me a first verse and a chorus to a song and I would sing it for them and tag them in it. And then that way they're spending their time doing something creative and then I get to learn the song and then I'm gonna send them something special in the mail when we can all safely go to the post office again. <laughs> That's a, it's great. I mean, um, I think Gary Barlow, the singer from famous British band Take That, is doing a session every night with duetting with different other stars. And there's a lot of this going on. And people have been doing free, you know, people who are meant to be doing sold out concerts are doing free Instagram concerts. So there's, a lot of, there's a lot of that sort of giving away of IP and sharing so, talent. Yeah. And it's so nice because you, you would think it's like, oh, wow, that's so cool. But sometimes there's so much going on all at once that you might even miss an Instagram live because everybody's home. So everybody's trying to be creative or do something just to pass the time. And so it'll be like Pink's performing a song and Miley Cyrus is performing a song at the same time. And it's like, oh, no, which one do I choose? <laughs> it's kind of cool in that way, though. It's like we're all kind of coming together just to try to bring some levity to this because it's 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 tough yeah yes it is so look let's um so I'm gonna, i haven't opened my whiskey i'm gonna open my whiskey so obviously normally we'd be drinking whiskey together when sure. not. um so you're drinking red wine which is obviously yeah. against the rules but there are no rules during global pandemics so you can I know. i'm so sorry i mean honestly you really don't even want to see me on even a glass of whiskey like when <laughs> the first time i met you for that first whiskey tasting whoa me and natalie were just like where where are we <laughs> what is happening because <laughs> it's yeah. very strong it is very it is. strong so i'm i'm drinking a bottle of glen rothus whiskey but that whisk that night we drunk balvenie so Ridiculously, the first time we met was at the British Consul General's residence. Yes. At a whiskey tasting where we were drinking, courtesy of our friends at Balvenie, we were drinking whiskeys 
up to 40 years old, which retail in the thousands for a bottle. And it was your first taste of whiskey. Well, first real taste of real whiskey. Which oh, is yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, my dad, my dad drank whiskey, but like, I really just smelled it. That's it. I didn't, yeah. I hadn't really tried it. And then, you know, they taught us so much about like having to put water in it and then the smell and like, it was really informative. We had such a good time. Anyway, cheers. Yeah. Virtual, virtual cheers. Cheers. Trying to get the noise. There you go. There's oh, there the, we go. Yeah. <laughs> and then the second time we met was also at a whiskey tasting, which was my last whiskey tasting as a diplomat where we drank very good Balvenie again. So. Oh, you put on a great party, that's for sure. Yeah, um, obviously times are different now. So look, let, let's talk about um, your acting. Now, okay. the way we do the, the podcast is we talk to interesting people about the things that they do. And some of it is just anecdotes and stories, but also some of it is explaining how it all works to people because half our listeners are American and a good chunk of those are in LA who understand okay. entertainment. We've got a load of listeners in the UK and in other places. Mm -hmm. so, um, you have appeared in TV shows that are very well known, including Criminal Minds and Glee and um, a Disney show. And so they're the things you've done that are on your IMDb profile and all that sort of stuff. And yet the only time since I've known you that I sent you a message, uh, I think I sent you a message on Instagram, was not when I saw you in Criminal Minds, um, <laughs> It was when I saw you in a advert for, I think it was for NyQuil or maybe Dayquil, I'm not sure of the difference, during a Super Bowl. Z-Quil, actually. Oh, Z-Quil. Is that different? Used, but it's for sleeping. It's specifically for sleeping. Oh, oh I, yeah. I apologize. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember the advert, but I remembered you, and it was during the Super Bowl. And I think I sent you a message saying you were in a Super Bowl ad, which I assumed you already know. Yes. So, I guess the question is, I've never asked you this, um, as an actress, Getting a message from somebody you've met a couple of times saying, hey, is that you in a Super Bowl commercial? Mm -hmm. Is that offensive to the point of how very dare you? You should text me when I'm on Criminal Nines, not when I'm on Super Bowl adverts. Or is that uh, fine? Not at all, because here's the thing. I mostly get text messages from men between the ages of 18 and 100. And it's because the only time you ever watch TV live anymore is during sports games. So that's the only time my commercials really will be seen because people either fast forward or they have, you know, some Hulu account that doesn't require you to watch commercials anymore. And predominantly that's what I had done, um, you know, commercials. Um, I've done over 75. And so I, I would not be surprised that that's what you had seen me in. Because if you don't watch Criminal Lines, you're not gonna see it. If you don't watch Disney shows, you're not gonna see it. So it's that that would be the way that you would contact me. And I'm not offended at all, it's amazing. Did, did you get many messages when you were in a supermarket or was it just me? I did, and what's interesting is that um, I actually had no idea that I was going to be in it. Uh, sometimes, you are told if you're going to be in a Super Bowl ad, and then sometimes it'll just show up. And that was one year where I was watching the Super Bowl with one of the girls in the band, Juliana, and I was on TV, and we were all like yelling because I had no idea it was going to happen. Fantastic! But so obviously they pay. Those are the most expensive ads in, I think, global television. They are, but you don't get a bonus for being on during the Super Bowl, do you? 
know. That is a fun fact that you should know about. <laughs> People pay a lot for that to air in that slot. The actors don't get paid more. So, yeah. but you've yeah. been. Think if I if my watching of adverts is correct, you've been you have a link to American football because you've you're in. I think you were in one advert with Brian Erlacher. Um, I was, yeah, that was a long time ago. But yes, that was for, oh my gosh, I don't even remember what it was. For. Oh, I think it was for an NFL video game, actually. I thought it was for Xfinity, I think it is. Is that right? Is that, I don't I've been, then I, no, guess what? I've been in with three because I, Drew Brees was, <laughs> was that one. And then Xfinity, you're right, that, that was for, yes, that was... Um, Erlacher, and then uh, the Pepsi one. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his Odell name. Beckham, Odell Beckham. Odell Jr. Beckham. Yes, Odell Beckham Jr. That's right. With Pepsi. Yes. Now, of those ones, the Odell one, I imagine you weren't in the same room as him. I was. Yeah. You were. Oh, interesting. Because in the advert, you're not in the same places. No, so, I know. It's funny, but we we had to do like um like a green screen cheers with our Pepsis, and yeah. so um. Our, our wrists had to be the same, our hands had to be the same. And I had on these bracelets and it had to be his hand. And so we would cheers. And so that's what we did together. So yeah. So you've been in a super wide, you've met one of the most high profile players in American football, that's fantastic. Do you actually watch American football apart from when you're in it? I, I do watch football, I do. I'm not like a huge sports fan, but I, if I am actually, you know, like a Super Bowl is huge and I love watching it and I love going to actual live games. I get really into it. I'm not competitive until I'm actually playing a game or watching, then I'm super competitive. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and so you were, in, you were in a CVS advert with Joan Rivers yeah. as well. Yes, yes, I wasn't. I don't think we were ever in the same, I don't think we were on screen at the same time, but she was in the CVS with us. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. That was like not too long before she passed actually. Is that right? Yeah. It's so for, for people who don't know how all this works and I'm gonna, me included, um, <laughs> like you've been in 75 ads and I know there's, there's there's people who have been in ads and then move into other things. Presumably from a, a working actor point of view, mm -hmm. it pays well, it's good work, and it's quite fun to do it, particularly if you get to meet people like Joan Rivers and Odell Beckham Jr. It's so fun. And I will say, like, you know, there's there's typically a hierarchy, it seems, when it comes to being an actor and most people will be like you go out to LA you do commercials then you do co-star roles then you do guest star roles then you do recurring or series regular and you you know if I need to explain that let me know but it's basically like co-star you'll get a, a line or two or three and a guest star is a bigger you know point you might be the central character in the storyline of an episode of something and if you recur you come back a few times and if you're a series regular then you're the lead on the show or one of the leads on the show and that's not really how it works and I'm a perfect example of that because I have done all of those things except I still do commercials because I love them and it's a day's work and you do get to meet a day's to maybe a week's worth tops, but I've never worked more than three days on a commercial. And, you know, and then you just set up 
shop and you meet all the people and it's great and then you move on and then your thing can air for a week to two years or sometimes more. It's changed a lot throughout the years, but I think it's a really great thing. And, uh, you know, people can talk down on it sometimes, but I love it. Well, and you've, you've done nearly all the big American brands. So McDonald's, Diet Pepsi. Um, yes, I've done five McDonald's commercials. <laughs> five McDonald's. Do you eat McDonald's or are you not allowed to say for commercial reasons? Um, I mean, I don't think I'm not, not allowed to say. I don't really eat fast food. I'll just say yeah. that. <laughs> but I do if I have to for a spot. So what's, what's your... Because um, I talked to a friend who's a, an actor and he was telling me sort of when he goes for auditions that he can be anything between 18 and 40. So in oh, other, you've been sort of a young girl at a fair, but you've also been a mother in a, I think a bank oh, yeah. commercial. So what's, what's your sort of, what is your range when you, when you're pitched by your people? I have such a strange age range. About five years ago, I did two commercials in one week and one of them, I was a babysitter and the other one I was a mom. So what they did was they put me like a young babysitter. They put me um, in braces. They had me fitted for a fake braces that you could just like put in sort of like Invisalign and they put my hair in pigtails and I had like these short bangs at the time and I looked, you know, like I could be a young babysitter. And then that's the magic of movie making. You know, they put you in a, a button down and they do your hair kind of like plain and just put on some eyeshadow and there you go. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange word. I, you, you don't look old enough or stressed enough to be an actual mother. Particularly <laughs> any well, mother at the moment. I'm uh, definitely old probably. enough, but stressed enough, you're right. Um, I, I really am, my heart goes out to all parents right now because it is very difficult to be home all day, have to work, have to take care of the kids, make sure they're fed and happy. And you know, you're the teachers right now and they have school, it's, it's, it's a lot. Yes, yeah, so maybe I don't look as stressed as apparent <laughs> yeah i think that's why i went down a drinking black hole is because uh, i had my two children at home all the time um so yeah and how does it work do you when you go to these things do you end up walking away with sort of goodie bags full of the product that you've been working on i mean what, oh. tell, tell me the story of from for those who don't know this world and i think i, I find this all this stuff fascinating like when you when you you audition as you would do when you get the part tell me what it like walk me through the day or two days of being in a commercial take your pick of any of the interesting ones you've done for this okay um well i did a subaru commercial a few years ago that was one of my favorite spots because it was just so fun and i got to work with animals and um we worked for like three days, I think. And we sort of traveled to um, like kind of a remote location. And it was just a really fun spot. And I, there was um, a raccoon was on my chest and I worked with a giant bear, like a huge bear. And um, I think his name was Amos. He's like a famous bear. So I felt <laughs> really lucky to be in the same room with him. Um, and so like, okay, you will go and you'll do a fitting. So that's when they, they like, they pick what you're wearing. Um, and then, and then the next day you'll just like show up and, and you do your thing. Somebody does your hair and makeup and a lot of commercials are improv, you know? So sometimes there's dialogue, but for the most part, they like you to just like 
do your own thing. And that's the beauty of it because you really work with the directors and the writers on set. And um, unless they're very specific about the dialogue or what they need, it's really a collaborative process. And is it all done in LA or is it a lot, of, obviously apart from you have to go out to the woods, but compared to a lot of TVs and movies which are filmed everywhere else for tax credit reasons, yeah. is a lot of the commercial stuff done here? Well, honestly, right now there's a lot of commercials being shot in other places for that reason. Um, a lot of Canada and, and Mexico um, uh, locations for that. But actually the commercial you're talking about that I think you saw <laughs> for the Super Bowl was shot in Mexico. Um, so yeah, they, you do travel a lot, but typically they're, they're in LA. Wait, so you went to Mexico just to lie in bed? Yes, correct. It was, a, it was just a built set that they made. It was on a soundstage. And yeah, so, you know, that's tax. That's tax credits. And yeah, that's well, it must be. Because there must be beds in LA. But, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's some. There are some beds in LA. But they, they preferred the Mexican bed, soundstage bed. Fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. So going on to sort of TV show stuff. So yes. when you've been in some, I guess, I don't know what the right word for this, but very popular and not just in terms of ratings, but sort of deep fandom stuff. Like you were in, I think, Supernatural? Yeah, yeah. Supernatural was fun. Supernatural um, shot in uh, Vancouver. Vancouver? Yes, definitely Canada. But I get confused between the Toronto and Vancouver shows. But um, so that was really fun because I got to travel and I love when I get to travel for work. But yeah, I mean, that show is just the, the fan base of that show is absolutely incredible. I only did one episode and just the, the flood of like open arms that I got was so amazing. And I actually met um, one of my dear friends, Osric Chow, who was on the show for a while. And I ended up doing a movie with him later on. And so it's like, that's one of the great things about working in this industry, you just meet like such cool people. And then when you meet great people, you try to work with them as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, so talking of which, um, I think the last time I saw you on TV, apart from I think an advert for Ross, I think it might have been, was yeah. um, uh, you were in Abby's. Um, oh, yeah. It was an episode about alcohol, actually. Um, and that was a good yeah. show. Yes, I was, it was free alcohol day. Yes, that starred my dear and bestest friend, Natalie Morales. Um, we actually moved out here together. I wasn't sure if you were going to ask me about like the beginning, beginning of time um, as oh, an actor. Why did you move here? Why did I move here? Uh, specifically because, well, we're both from Miami and you can't really have a career in TV and film in Miami if you never go anywhere else to kind of like there's just not enough production happening there. Um, and so, you know, we were in college and we were just like, what are we doing? And she had always planned to move out here and I couldn't imagine life without her. So I just came with her and then it's, you know, ever we've been here ever since. <laughs> so, so guest yeah. starring on the show that she was the lead in must have been a sort of completing the circle moment. I mean, we cried. We definitely cried. I have so many photos of that day. I was just so proud of her and so happy and so thrilled that I could even do the show. I mean, it's not like she just asked and I could be on the show. I had to go through the whole process. You have to audition. Like, 
that's the uh, that's another thing that I don't think people understand about Hollywood. It's like it doesn't matter who is at the helm of something. They could be your best friend, your mom, your dad, whatever, and you still usually have to go through the process. So it was so cool that it was like so it was definitely meant to be because I I ended up booking the job and we got to work together and oh man, if they would have given that show a little more of a chance, we could have been on it a little bit longer. And um, it was just a really great show. Yeah. The, um, so Natalie's been on loads of shows. The only ones I've ever watched are the ones that get cancelled for some reason. Oh, yeah. Like, well, those are the best ones, typically. Yeah. that's what I certainly They're the most them. fun. Yeah. So obviously- The ones that get cancelled, I, I never understand. It's before their time, usually, when they're cancelled. Yes. I remember, I think- um, it was a show called The Grinder with Rob Lowe. Oh, uh, amazing. And I Fred Savage. Yeah, and Fred Savage. Um, and they got cancelled, um, which is a real shame, as did Abby's, which I rather enjoyed, because it was about a bar, but also it was just a good show. And it was great to see her in uh, the lead role she'd been waiting for, and then they cancelled. I know, very I old. know. She'll, she'll do it again. We're just got to wait for this, uh, <laughs> this quarantine to lift. Yeah, so what, I mean, obviously everything has stopped in your business, apart from obviously development, but all production has stopped for however long everything is stopped for. So yes, apart from making music and cheering yourself up and trying to stay positive, what does, what do you do? Because there's no auditions, presumably. So how does this work? Now? Well, I have a couple of writing partners, including Natalie. And we are writing a movie together. Okay. So she um, was actually in New York and had to come back because she was working on a production that had to get shut down because everything's been shut down. And so we're now actively working on that a lot. Um, and in the meantime, um, you know, just trying to write other things. I'm personally writing a movie right now about something near and dear to my heart, hula hooping. Um, and so I spend time doing that and just, you know, trying to try to just be as creative as possible in this time and really allowing myself to just relax if I need to relax because everybody's kind of in the same boat and just practicing some self-care because some days are worse than others. You know, sometimes you wake up and you're just like, when will this be over? And, and how is this possible that if this is happening and people I know are sick and, um, it's, it's very scary. So, you know, just trying to, trying to maintain some sense of normalcy and being as positive as I can and just creating comedic content that can make people smile. So I'm going to, I'm going to come back to the hula hooping thing, um, obviously, cause you can't let that sort of thing go. So from a creative point of view, Mm -hmm. there's all this nonsense on social media about you know William Shakespeare wrote King Lear during the play but um all these stories of amazing creativity from people I'm sure yes. none of which is true I've spoken to other people who are writers who are really struggling on paper this is the perfect time to write you're at home you've got time there's nothing else that's distracting you when you're a true creative I imagine the things you would be writing um would have some kind of levity to them. How do you write those things when bad things are happening? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So here's the truth of it. I got very anxious the first couple of days when we were like, oh, this is, a, this is serious. We need to stay home. And my, I, my parents live in Miami, Florida. And, you know, 
I'm anxious for them to be there. And it, um, they were not on lockdown yet. And it's still very, as of right now, lax, if you ask me. I feel like Californians are taking it a bit more seriously than other places. And I am so grateful that I live in a place that is taking something like this seriously because it's serious. So I, in order to sort of like, you know, just pacify my, my brain, I was like, okay, music is one of my favorite things on the planet. I don't know how anyone lives without it. So I started just playing some songs that I love. And then I started just changing the lyrics to how I was feeling and what was happening. And that was the first night that I was just kind of alone at home dealing with this. And I was like, oh, maybe I can, maybe I can, maybe other people are also feeling this way. I'm just going to share them on Instagram and see what happens. And then I started to get a really positive response. And, you know, lots of people are dealing with their anxiety and inability to leave their homes or work in very different ways. But we're all experiencing the same sort of angst and fear. And so I figured that might be a way to bring us together. And I feel like it has in a way. And so um, that's really where it came from. Just I, I, I should be writing King Lear, right? But I'm not because my brain is somewhere else. So let me go to something comforting, 90s music, you know, 2000s, like all, all that kind of stuff that I listened to when I was sort of quarantined as a kid <laughs> and then just recreate the lyrics and, and, you know, make it lighthearted in some way. Yeah. And look, we, you know, we're, we are grateful that you're doing that as we are to all the people who are being fun, creative at the moment. Cause I think everyone, everyone needs a bit of it. So let's talk about hula hooping. So um, sure. I was at a charity fundraising concert production sitting in the yep. fourth row at the Ace Hotel downtown Los Angeles for a night where all sorts of comedic stars were on stage and you were the star of the show whether you were meant to be or not when you came on in a silver <laughs> leotard and started hula hooping so and you were good well, and very, very funny much. so tell me your hula hoop story thank you so much um hula hooping is just something that I've always loved to do I I could probably hula hoop for 24 hours straight um, if someone fed me snacks while I was doing it and water. Uh, but so, okay, Natalie was uh, pretty much started the whole variety show. And she was like, I want to do something with you. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I want it to be so epic and fun. And so we love Alanis Morissette or Obsessed. And one of our favorite songs is You Ought to Know. And she was like, I'm doing this charity event. I want to sing this song. What can we do together? And I was like, what if I do an interpretive dance to it? And then she was like, okay, but I'll raise you a hula hoop. <laughs> and I was like, okay, and I'll raise you a ribbon dancer. So then I just sort of came up with this weird interpretive dance hula hoop ribbon dancer choreography and she sang the song with an amazing band backing and it was probably the greatest four minutes and 30 seconds of my life and other people's lives it was iconic um, <laughs> I mean, look didn't know it was going to be a sold out show i think there were 700 people there it was insane but it was it was truly one of the greatest moments of my life uh, and in the spirit of trying to cheer people up during these difficult times if if there is a link to a 
video of this iconic moment when we post the podcast i'll make sure we include it because i feel that definitely more people need to see this i feel the same um natalie has actually the footage of the whole night i believe so i will talk to her but i i, I have several friends who videoed a lot of it and i can definitely get you a clip fantastic definitely. that sounds good <laughs> so are you really writing a movie about hula hooping i am yeah i'm this is the a movie that i'm writing myself i just um, directed uh, a short that I wrote about growing up in Miami and um, sort of feeling like an outsider and, you know, having my best friend growing up uh, be the only person that really made me feel like I fit in and that I was kind of worth anything. And, um, and so that sort of inspired this sort of uh, feature that I wanted to make about adult me, who is still the same person, still super weird, thankfully um not looked at as a weirdo by as many people as i was looked at being a weirdo in miami um but yeah it's sort of just this like this story of a girl who's who's looking to find her joy and she finds it through hula hooping she's you know in her 30s <laughs> amazing very good well i hope you get it finished during this time Thanks. i i do too i do too um we'll see what happens but very good now look i'm uh, I'm conscious of time, so we're yeah. going to move to the final question. Right. So, um, the adapted final question we ask people during social distancing specials is if you could have any whiskey with anyone during this time, or I guess it would signal the end of this time because you could actually have the whiskey, who um, would you have that whiskey with? What would it be and where would it be? Oh my gosh. Wow. I wish I would have known about this question. I could have thought of it a little bit better. Um, I'm not a whiskey connoisseur, um, but uh, I'll, I'll just say for, for, you know, the sake of this podcast and you and knowing how I met you and how we drank Balvenie together, I'll say that whiskey. Mm -hmm. And then I'll say with Stevie Nicks, and then I'll say, um, in a in a mystical forest, because that would be my dream. Amazing, very yeah. good. So Serena, star of Subaru, Diet Pepsi, McDonald's commercials, and Abby's Supernatural, Criminal Minds, and Glee, and quarantine music star of the moment. Thank you very much for your time. Of course, that's what I really want to be known for: is the quarantine queen music <laughs> thank you for having me mm, i love scotch scotch and don't forget to not just follow us on twitter and instagram at us of dramerica but also ask us questions and comment and say nice things and please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and if the mood takes you, you can leave us a review as uh, feedback is always welcome. And drink whiskey. Slonchevar. <laughs>